Sie hören Sport und Musik. Das Spiel ist aus! Deutschland ist Weltmeister! Mario Götze! Mario Götze! Tonight, whether you call it football, football or soccer, a German-American and a German in America dare to call it Fußball. German Fußball from an American point of view. Let's add some buns to that hamburger and join them for the Schnitzel Boys Deutschland Hour. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's it. We're back. We're back. 2024. A new year. People pretend that things change, but really, how much really changes? Not, Not that much. Not that much. And certainly not us. We're still here. Schnitzel boys, Monday night. I was very excited to see you today. Me uh, too. I was excited I was, to do that. Uh, I was, but then now it's a little bit of a, you know, there's a little bit of a downer because Der Kaiser died. That's right. Uh, I, I felt exactly the same way. We had a little bit of a holiday hiatus. Yeah. Maybe even longer than we did last year. And... <clears throat> I was excited to talk to you again. I love Monday Night Schnitzel tonight. But yeah, I woke up this morning. I went on Kicker, uh, usually to do my German football check-in. Great source. And it was just the, the Kaiser is tot. Yeah. And it's all over the news. And the, there's homages. Even the ESPN did a little homage. You know, everyone's pulling a little homage out of their butt. And I figure, <laughs> let's pull an homage of our butts, too. We got, we got Kaiser. to pull homages out of <laughs> Rest, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if it's done, they have. So I was just telling you, there's a huge 90-minute documentary on German TV tonight about hmm. their Kaiser. So their timing was excellent because he died yesterday. Wow. Um, he died on their Kaiser. Franz Beckenbauer died on Sunday. His family told everybody today Monday. Mm -hmm. uh, he was, I guess, dealing with health issues privately for the last couple of years. It's funny, Bjorn. So I went. It's funny. He's like, the universe works in mysterious ways, I would say. Okay. Do you agree? I disagree. Yeah, I would agree. So we had our friend Uli Hesse on about a year ago. Mm -hmm. And he wrote this great Franz Beckenbauer book. And I bought mm -hmm. it. But it's been, you know, I haven't gotten to it right away. And then over the over the holiday season, I finally re started reading it. And it's a great book. Uli Hesse is such a great writer. He had some. He had interesting things to say about him too when we talked to him. Yeah, but we'll get to that. Yeah, which which I brought up, and, and it's, it's it's touched on in his book. And I'm not 100 percent done with this book, but about two thirds done with this book, and it's a great book. And then I visit my parents over the holidays around that same time, and and I didn't tell them I was reading a Franz Beckenbauer book, but for whatever reason, Franz Beckenbauer came up in conversation with me and my parents. And I think my dad just asked, what's what's he up to? Where is he? And I'm like, he's he hasn't really been in the public eye over the last few years. He's been mm -hmm. away. He had that thing, you know, like he's, he's had those complications and with, with his FIFA scandal and stuff. We can talk about that in a bit. Right. But like, you know, so and I said, oddly enough, I'm reading Franz Beckenbauer's biography. So so he's just in the ethos for some reason, randomly. He's just in the ethos. There's no reason he's out and about. I didn't talk about where he was last year. You know, for whatever reason, this year we asked, where is Franz Beckenbauer? And then cut to today, a week later, or two weeks later, 
Um, he passed away, and he's in the news, and now we know where Franz Beckenbauer is. And I reached out to my parents. I told them, funny, we talked about him. He passed away. And then I mentioned the documentary, and they're watching the documentary, and I'm going to watch a documentary about him. It's like a, 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 a in-depth look at, at, at Franz and things like that and, and his life. And it's just interesting how he's in the ethos. The world kind of knew something was up with that the Franz Beckenbauer was maybe on his last legs. Mm. And then for you know, you know, for an athlete, seventy-eight is very young. Yeah, he's not. He yeah, he's not super. I mean, like you know, some people are president, are running for president at that age. <laughs> yeah, and and running their second term at that age. Yeah, no, I know. You know, uh, I guess if you're an athlete, it doesn't really matter because as a professional athlete, you can really abuse your body in your younger years, and maybe that has some long-term effects that that maybe we don't realize. I don't know what he died of but i do know speaking of this bio- biography that the nasl day is although good for him playing on american astroturf in the 70s wrecked his legs he really <laughs> couldn't play much after that oh is that true okay yeah 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 he, he had a st- he had a stint uh, when, when his when his days at nasl were done he went to go play for humboy and one of his lesser known parts of his career, one of his more quiet parts of his careers, he played for Haas File for two seasons, I think, maybe three. And he had pretty, he was still world class, but the dude had some pretty wrecked knees at that point uh, because of Giant Stadium. <laughs> because of, mm. And because of that, he's the AstroTurf in Texas and things like that. Um, you know, that's just a clue to maybe whatever other health stuff he had. Uh, but yeah, Franz Beckenbauer has passed away. Bjorn, yeah, you you were around more in Germany in the day. Uh, yeah, so- that's right. I'm older. <laughs> I am a yeah. I mean, he's pretty exactly my parents' age generation. So um, uh, yeah, definitely was somebody who followed me. I mean, I was a little bit. Um, my first World Cup memory is '78, where he had where he was not on the national team anymore. So I sort of missed his. His prime, I don't remember him as a player. As a player, I remember him uh, at the Cosmos, where they would put, you know, they would show little clips on 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 Die Sportschau of Franz Beckenbauer playing on some football field or turf or whatever, and it just blew my mind. It was like if if they had pictures of him playing on on the moon, I could not have been sort of more bewildered by. It. I was like, what is happening? Um, and it seemed. Uh, and that was a weird thing as a as a kid that he also that he went so early like he wasn't that old you know like he was like 32 or I think when he yeah. went to when he went to the cosmos so um I think as Uli Hesse um kind of talked about he was a bit of an odd you know was a bit of an odd guy he wasn't necessarily universally beloved he was definitely appreciated uh, yeah, like I said, I knew of his reputation. I hadn't seen him play all that much as a kid, but his reputation was basically a redefining or re- inventing that position of sweeper, kind of the uh, a playmaker that is also that that's very deep, basically, also also a defender. Libero. Sometimes even some libero, yeah, libero in German. Uh, sometimes even behind the behind the. Um, the defense and uh uh so yeah very influential as a player and but as a public figure kind of an oddball you know went to new york 
and uh, was really into that by all accounts. There's if you if you see um, uh, him talk about it in that documentary, Once in a Lifetime, his eyes glaze over. You know, his time in in New York City, whatever whatever the 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 uh, footballing soccer successes were, he had a good time in New York. Right. In the late seventies, which one can imagine, you know, there was probably a lot of cocaine involved, and uh, yeah, that's what we're here for. Some, How much does ladies... Beckenbauer do cocaine? That's what we're trying to. Talk <laughs> that's what we're gonna. We're not gonna. You know, we yeah. won't answer that. I wasn't there. How hard do you um, party? So a couple. But of things, uh, but then but then no, sorry. Let me just you go. Uh, you go. Uh, but then he became kind of he he. He uh, got back into the German public eye after taking over the national team, which kind of had um, uh, fallen into some dis disrepute. You know, the '82 mm -hmm. especially comes to mind. In 1982, the sort of scandalous uh, performance against Austria, and um, there was just this very cynical kind of vibe around the national team. They're like, "Well, we're we're you know the very results driven." Uh, we're not here to inspire anyone. We're just here to like, win, you know, like get get the result and go. So there was there was like bad vibes. Uh, and when he took over, he basically he he turned that around. First in '86, made the final with a very sort of mediocre team that he um, um, a friend of mine, actually a friend of mine in Germany, her father was a big uh, a journalist for Der Spiegel, and he told a story that before the 1986 World Cup final, he was interviewing Franz Beckenbauer, and he all of a sudden started laughing because it's like, well, tomorrow we could be we could be World Cup winners with Ada and Schwarzman, you know, like sort of denigrating the, the players at the time. Uh but then in 1990, actually won the whole thing with really a very good, which is really a legendary team and a, and a pretty pretty uh, convincing beginning to end kind of good, um, good performance. And that's sort of that's the memory. That's my when I when I was when I heard he died. That was the first memory that came to mind. And it was funny. I just saw on the kicker homepage they kind of were talking about this. When after the after the they won the final, he kind of wandered. He sort of wandered the 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 field, the pitch by himself, in this sort of um, uh, kind of forlorn way, like just sort of taking it all in and and really kind of having a moment to himself to just sort of uh, reflect, I guess, or process what just happened. And that was kind of. Um, yeah, I remember that. And that was that sort of stuck with me. That image of of this guy kind of just by himself, like wandering around and kind of, and and so that's sort of the vibe I got from him. He's not he's he's not the you know one of those like uh, um, you know the blowhards of the Hernes Rummenigge category who just you know keep wanting to be who who keep keep thinking that their opinion. Um, matters more than anyone else's. Like he, he did not, he did not necessarily seek the public eye in the way that other people are doing. And uh, yeah, just uh, it, it definitely. He's one of those guys that kind of have been have been uh, around my entire life, and kind of. So it definitely uh, hit me a little bit when I heard about this today. It's like one of those is 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 one of those one of those people that just. Uh, um, have kind of 
yeah, I have a lot of memories of. Yeah, I would like to have heard his opinion on what's going on these days again, you know. Yeah, no, it's very well spoken. Um, I was listening to another podcast, and I felt they, you know, they're doing it kind of quick, but I felt they didn't give him just deserves, or they didn't give him his due. Pretty much, they were sheepishly being like, yeah, it can be argued that he's one of the most important people of German football or someone, as we said. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure, like, call me crazy, but Franz Beckerbau is number one when it comes to German football, right? He's number one. Call you know, I, 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 mean, I, I, I get Fritz Falter, I get Sepp Herberger. I know he's of a different generation. But when it comes to Deutsches Fußball and German football, Franz Beckenbauer is star number one. Well, he, right? won, he, he won, the, won the World Cup as a player and a coach. There's not, that, coach. not, that, many, not that many of those. Um, yeah. And and he was a star since he was like 16. He's always been a star. He yeah. was like he's the German Messi in that way. He's like uh, uh, the world follows him. He's his own brand. Uh, and you know, back before, up until about 10 years ago, when he was the Bayern München president, you know, he was. People were asking his opinion. The, the limelight always followed him. He didn't have to seek it out. People were always asking him, following him, listening to him. Uh, you know, then then he sort of retired and then got out of the limelight. Yeah, and let Uli, Uli Hernes and Lumenega do all the speaking <laughs> after that. Right. But now, in my mind, if we had to build a, a German Fußball uh, Mount Rushmore, Franz Beckenbauer would be the biggest face in the middle. Oh, right? no question. Yeah, no question. I mean, is you know, like you were alluding to, his reputation had a little, it's a little tarnished. Uh, due to these bribery um, allegations in relation to getting the 2006 World Cup uh, to Germany. So there was a little bit, although he, in the end, they just let the clock run out on the statute of limitations. Like he never got convicted of anything. But yeah, there was definitely, I mean, you know, there's, uh, he's, he's, he's one of the many uh, luminaries that try to, get their fingers into the cookie pot of FIFA. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, other than that, I think for sure he's, he's, yeah, he's the guy. Uh, there's he's only had... two. Yeah. There's two other people. Interestingly, Mario Zagallo, the Brazilian who was the first right. one to win, uh, he also died two years ago, two days ago, two days ago. Yeah. Very Apparently. sad. Yeah. Legend so, of Brazilian football, yeah. So he also, and so, and the only other, the only other guy, uh, is Didier Deschamps. Those are the three people who won the World Cup as a player and coach. And uh... Mar Mario Zagallo is a special category because I think 2002 being the exception, but up until 2002, Mario Zagallo was involved with all four Brazilian World Cup winning teams. All four of them. Yeah, Because he was a player in, in 58 and 62, I think. Maybe even a coach. He was the coach or the assistant coach <clears throat> in 70. And he also he was on the coaching staff in '94, so he was involved. Like he's his own category. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Franz Swan is a player, then later as a coach. And, and like did and, and Didier Deschamps? Did he really? Did he really coach the team? Or <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> we're, we're not we're not here to discuss who coached it better, Franz in '90 or or Didier Deschamps in 2018. But uh, what I will say, a couple things. Uh, to what you're saying, because I'm reading his book, so I have a little insight into some specifics. Oh, great. How apropos. 
the 1978 World Cup team really wanted Franz Beckenbauer. They were campaigning him for months upon months upon months. They could have used him. And Franz was like, yeah, I'll do it. Why not? But the Erdogan brothers of the New York Cosmos, do you know who the Erdogan brothers are? I do not. They are the founders of the New York Cosmos uh, uh, before Warner brother, before Warner Communications bought them. The mm. Erdogans founded Atlantic Records. Atlantic Records, a huge record label. Oh, Erdogan. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, Erdogan. yeah. Erdogan, like, yeah, yeah. E-R-T-O-G. Yes. Okay. Yeah, and not not the modern Erdogan. But these are two two Turkish brothers who moved to New York back in the day. Yeah, and yeah, became yeah, Huge yeah. record producers, and they were soccer fans. So they started. Right. The no, New York I remember Cosmo. this from the yeah. from the documentary. Documentary. Yeah. Anyway, they couldn't lose because back then the World Cup squad was like a three month commitment. I think they had a month or two month long prep camp before the tournament or something, and pretty oh. much they were looking at losing funds for three months, and they're like, "We can't, like, we're touring the New York Cosmos. It's a summer league." So we can't lose funds for the summer. It's like we need fun. we spend a lot of money on him and we need him for our games. Hmm. So they nixed it and he he stayed at the New York Cosmos in summer of seventy eight because he was their new star, especially with Pele leaving in seventy seven. So and they, so we got Heinz Floor instead for the nineteen seventy eight. Yeah, deep deep pull. I'm gonna have to Google that guy. And that and that uh, no, he was the Cologne. He was the Cologne guy. He yeah. um yeah, and that team then famously lost to Austria three to two to. When a tie would have gotten them into the semis. And, but like you said, later he took over after Jupp Deval in 82. But what I was going to say is, let's talk a little bit about France and the scandals. Because France said many. And this is a good Germany topic for you. So you could like help me out here a little bit. Okay. So, well, first and foremost, we got boy, bad boys are back in the chat. Hans Wolf saying hello, Hans, happy new year, folks. Happy new year, happy new year, Hans and Sebas. Good to happy see you. Seb asks, Yo, the New York Rebels and Forsberg. Let what do you guys think of New York Rebels and make them good again? That's right. We got Red Bulls talk. You know, we talked beforehand if we want to touch on MLS at all today. We'll see. Maybe later in the show. But yeah. we do want to give Franz Beckenbauer his due. And because the Bundesliga is kicking off this weekend, we want to maybe touch on the Bundesliga a little bit too. But I just want to talk about his scandal. So, yeah, what's we'll a FIFA is one thing. I'll we'll talk about that in a second. But reading his book, right, in his younger days, Franz yep. Beckenbauer oh, yeah, was – tax issues. Is that what you're talking he about? He had tax issues. That's one. Mm-hmm. But the big scandal was he had a young pregnant girlfriend he refused to marry. Oh. So this is where the Germany stuff comes into play. I've had stories. I'm sure your family has stories. Back in the day, in the, you know, whatever, the 40s, 50s, up to the 60s, from the 70s, there were a lot of unwritten rules about German culture. There weren't law, but the church, there was like church rules you followed. You know, like I've heard so many of these, like, if someone like I think my great grandfather had a woman he was unwed to, and they forced him to marry her mm. because it's like you have to be married or you know stuff like that, right? Um, and you know in the sixties, young Franz had a pregnant girlfriend he didn't marry, and like that was a huge scandal back then because you just didn't do that. The German church doesn't allow that kind of stuff. Right, like you probably hear, you probably hear stories like that all the time. I'm the, I'm the, I'm the product of of such a marriage. Yeah, my like. Uh, uh, oh wow, we're getting deeper there. <laughs> if you, I mean, you know, that's 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 the truth of it. If you, if you, uh, uh, you know, my parents uh, got married six months before I was born, and you know, my mother would should. Uh, would joke that I was uh, I was a preemie, but I was not. 
<laughs> so because uh, they were uh, avoiding this because they they tried to convince their family that that yeah, it, were it's I mean you're right. That was definitely yeah. that was that's that's what you would did if you were pregnant and then you got married. That's uh, that that that's them them's the rules. Yeah, for sure. Also, when he moved to New York, that's just one of my many. He moved with his wife, his legal wife, but that was for show. He was dating someone else at the time. He was dating his girlfriend, his like secret girlfriend. So they moved to New York together, and in German press, the wife had to be like, "Oh, I'm so excited to move here with Franz and blah blah blah." But the reality was, they were separated. She wasn't moving to New York. She was just mm. there for show for a couple of weeks before she went back to München to live with the kids. And 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 his girlfriend was then they were bait and switching, and his girlfriend was going to move to New York, and she had a great time going to Club 50, Studio Fifty Four and. Love, you know, living him and his girlfriend were living up in New York. Fonz's kids were still back in mention with his legal yeah. wife at the time. You know, that kind of stuff that 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 was very scandalous at the time. You know, uh nowadays celebs are like that. <laughs> they were like that then too, but now now I think there's less of a PR issue with that. But back then it was such an issue that they had to lie to the press about it, pretty much. For stuff like that about and, him uh about his uh, personal life about him about him having right. girlfriends and about him having kids out of wedlock you know back then the church the church you know that was not a thing you did in german society yeah um so those are that phase and in my opinion i look at that as being someone who's very ahead of his time <laughs> very hippie <laughs> I, right very you know you want if you want to give him credit yeah i mean he uh yeah, I think that's definitely seems to be he, he was doing he was doing his own thing. He was not swayed by public opinion necessarily. And the public um, didn't like that. For well, it's also I mean, the, the Germans have a weird I was I was uh, thinking about this recently watching the Boris Becker documentary. The Germans have sort of a weird uh, a weird relationship with their celebrities you know like there's also there's a um you know people get excited when uh like when boris becker was was big in tennis internationally won wimbledon of course the country went nuts but there's also always this undercurrent of like who do you think you are like don't think you know don't don't yeah. don't think you're special and i think uh i think he he thought he was special a little bit like he was kind of um uh you know maybe thought that his his uh, celebrity or status or uh, afforded him certain liberties and and uh, other people didn't like that that's a very german that's a very german yeah. thing to not like that especially with my with my I, I think my parents are from the same generation your parents are for showing off is a cardinal oh sin. yeah no no it's a cardinal no. sin there's no showing off and uh, like you said, with Boris Becker and Franz Beckenbauer, like they're celebrities, but like you said, they're not allowed to have flashy cars and show off and stuff like that. Or if they choose to do that, that's frowned upon. We're here in America. That's the point. Oh, yeah. that's the whole point. Yeah, yeah. that's just right. very different. Very different. Yeah. yeah. And I still struggle, like with my dad, I mean, we still struggle over that to this day. <laughs> that you like to flaunt your enormous wealth? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I like. I'm just like, I, I, I don't care how big my debts are getting. Increase, increase, increase. <laughs> like my mom tells me a story when she was little. My her mother bought a new dress, and the neighbors said, "Hey, nice dress or whatever." 
And my mom chimed in. It's like, yeah, we just bought it today or something. And my mom got in so much trouble for that because like they were not allowed to show off that they could afford a new dress or something, you know? Really? Yeah. This is, we're talking, you know, we're talking late. We're talking in the fifties here. Um, Maybe that's more a look into my crazy ass family, but I'm just trying to say the idea of showing off is like frowned upon. Yeah, that's definitely that's definitely um, true. Yeah, I would say in Germany for sure, people will have opinions about the cars you have and the the um, yeah. But anyway, and then let's so and then yeah, he had a tax issue in the book. It talked about he sold his house and and the German tax authorities raided his office. You know his his man his business manager was much like of... much like Boris Becker as well. <laughs> oh, the tax man, <laughs> tax man, death and taxes. You know, and in Germany, taxes are higher than here in the United States. But Robert Schwann moved all his offices to Switzerland, um, where they were a little more protected, and he had all these weird rules about because back then there was also laws against earning as a football footballer. You know, uh, the Bundesliga was new. Um, they were newly professional, but they had very, in typical German fashion, slow and steady, just like we see today. They're like, okay, we'll be professional, but we've got rules. You can't make more than X. You can't do this. You can't get sold. You know, they have all these rules to, 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 to slowly inchworm their way out of the amateur level that they used to be involved with. And, you know, uh, part of his move to the New York Cosmos was related to that tax stuff. Uh, uh, the tax stuff was getting at him and it was really heating up and the opportunity to move to New York, uh, alleviated that in some way in, in America, you pay way less taxes. And if his income mm-hmm. came from New York, it, it kind of solved a lot of his tax issues. That's a, mm. and B in New York city, he could live a very anonymous life. Like, uh, a couple of German tabloid photographers would bother him every now and then, you know, we did a piece for the New York times. According to the book, there was a 30-minute documentary that NBC4 did in New York in the late 70s about him. I would love to get my hands on that. That would be 70s, glorious 70s footage. I'd love to get my hands on <laughs> But, you know, in New York, kind of like how people go to MLS today, like Guillermo Barros Escaloto, who was a Boca Junior superstar, couldn't leave the house. Mm-hmm. And he moves to Ohio. He goes to Kroger with his kids. No one knows where the hell he is. He lives yeah, a perfect life. Thierry Henry would take the path to the to Red Bull Arena a couple times. Yeah, so he had a yeah he New York late seventies a great party scene. He was just celeb enough where he had a good time but wasn't bothered terribly. And then yeah, I guess he grew up a little bit. And then um, like you said, got to hang out with Shep Messing. I mean, it's everybody's dream. Everybody's dream. And then I think <laughs> like you said, there's that famous footage of him walking, which I just learned about recently. Again, reading the book, when when Lota Mateos was lifting the cup and Jorgen Klinsmann was running around, when the team was cheering and popping champagne, the cameras panned over to a Franz Beckenbauer in his suit, wandering alone, just with his hands in his pockets, in a very mission accomplished German footballer saved. You know, I I I was the father you were looking for. I did it. I delivered. Like I am your savior, not 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 like in a, I am your savior, but in a very much like you know what, old man, you know Uncle Franz took care of German football for all of us, and it's like we he won, he won the title twice, and he went full circle. He's now a mature adult. He's not the young whippersnapper he once was back in the day, you know. And it kind of was full circle for him at that moment. Yeah, I wonder what was going through his head then, but it's definitely it was a very poignant moment. 
Yeah, yeah. And then later he was a coach and a manager and the president of a bi-mention. Then the big German scandal, which I think is over exaggerated a little bit. Yeah, he 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 bribed officials so that Germany could win 2006. That's how every World Cup happens. Back we in those days, that. it seems like that's the, that's the case. Yeah, they just that was just the beginning of them. That's what caught. that's how the that's how the game was played at the time. Yeah, yeah. that's and, and then I thought it was a great World Cup in 06. He did really he did wonders. It's another great Flans thing pulling that maneuver off to get the World Cup to Germany, which led to Das Reboot, which led to youngsters like Philipp Lang and, and Bachir Schweinsteiger to move on and become the next generation. And South Africa was supposed to get that tournament, but they didn't get it until 2010, and they struggled to, to keep up with standards even for 2010. So in my mind, it's a blessing in disguise. I mean, South Africa was a great tournament, and they just managed to pull it off, but they had a lot of stadium issues. Except and for those Vuvuzelas were horrible. That's true. That was <laughs> ridiculous. But but, it, but for, for, for a country that just struggled to organize a 2010 World Cup, like imagine if they won it in 06. So in my mind, Franz Beckenbauer is a blessing in disguise in a few more years to get their act together. You know? All right. Well, you know, he's don't speak a little dead. I want to shine a little light on that. But that was the big thing that got him in trouble a little bit. I think he was banned from FIFA activities for a couple of years or whatever all that nonsense was. And then we didn't see much of him after that. Uh, and that was Flans. So, yeah. Uh, you know, I just look at his scandals over the years and sitting here in 2024 as like, you know, a hip American dude who was covered in freedoms. <laughs> just like, I don't know, just like, you know, I don't know. A lot of that stuff seems so ridiculous looking back on it to me. All right. And it's very indicative of the times of the times, which, which, uh, the zeitgeist of, of Franz Beckenbauer. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Uh, rest in peace, Franz. Uh, he not only did he win, not only was he one of the great godfathers of German football. He was a big part of the NASL here in the United States, getting stuff going here. Uh, fun fact, Bjorn. Yep. Uh, when the United States won the World Cup, they had three things that they had to commit to as part of the agreement. Um, one was to launch a professional soccer league, which became right. Major League Soccer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forgot what the other one was. Stadiums or something. I forgot. But then the third one was that Franz Beckenbau was going to become the technical director of U.S. soccer. Really? Yeah. Well, that never happened. That never happened. But it was talked about in the day. Oh, and he could have held a bigger part of And then they uh, got US Klinsmann. Soccer. They got Klinsmann instead. <laughs> yeah, Klinsmann instead, who took the job and criticized the player <laughs> pool and and the the timeline and then after eight years of collecting money he's like well (laughs) bye-bye if uh yeah 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 not in the same category those two (laughs) what do you i don't know do you have any other thoughts on fun spec about i think no i think that's it like i said i i uh he's he was on my mind today me too rest in peace kaiser flans um, what would you say in German to someone who passed away? How would you say "rest in peace" in German? I would not. They are dead. Well, I'm saying, is there a thing you say in German? 
Uh, no, you say herzliches Beileid to the to the to the survivors, like you mm. express your sympathy. Um, no, we don't speak. We, I don't think we speak to the dead generally in Germany. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> interesting. That's not a German thing. The dead are dead. It's like get the hell out of here. Rest in peace. I don't think we say. No. Möge er in Frieden ruhen. All right. Let's go with that. <laughs> how, how do you say rest in power in German? Rest in power. Oh, I don't I know that even less. Möge er in Macht in Macht ruhen. No, that's even worse. <laughs> Let's commit nobody, to that being the reality. Nobody says that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but other than that, did you have a guten Rutsch zum Neues Jahr? Good. Mine, mine rutsch war gut. I'm not a big, I'm at this point in my life, not a big New Year's Eve guy. Uh, I went, I was uh, in Vermont, I was skiing all week. So when I'm in that mode, I go to bed like 10 30. I did not stay up till midnight. Um, oh, you mean you missed, you even missed the like the Sarah, you missed the ball drop and all that? Yeah, yeah. I'm, oh, I wow. don't, I do no longer feel the need to stay up. Oh, wow. That's, even my old parents, they're st they stay up for Dick Clark's Ryan Seacrest presents. All right. Yeah, good Jennifer for them. Lopez I mean, if I have a reason, if anybody's hanging out, you know, like in this case, we went to our friend's house. We had some chocolate fondue. We did a little hanging out. Right. But then eventually everybody gets, everybody's tired. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Just like you said, a new year is not really a new year. It's a couple days. I later. feel, ah. I, I, it's also, it's a weird, like, I kind of gave up on, on, on New Year on New Year's Eve. It's just a difficult, you know, it's difficult to, I mean, I, you know, as a young person, you party, but like now it's sort of like, you're kind of, I, I, I don't know the pressure of like stay, staying up late, that late is, is, I mean, you're, you're kind of a night owl. This is nothing for you midnight, but at this point, I don't know. Especially, well, I, I had no plans and I wasn't working. And literally five minutes before midnight, I went out of my house, walked to the bar down the street, looked inside at all of them going five, four, three, two, one, yay. And they hugged and sang. And I was just there quietly outside of the bar watching them like this. It's just like, just to, so I could be somewhere and be like, cool. And I went right back to my house. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I I recommend to you next year, just go to bed. <laughs> just, sleep, just sleep. All right. Well, maybe I will. The last few years I was working by myself. It's a little depressing, but you see the fireworks. Oh, man, that's, yeah, that's, uh, that's tough. Michael, I mean, sometimes my kid, you know, now my kids are teenagers. They go out, they're doing something uh for a while they were they wanted to hang out and and do stuff but like these days especially yeah when especially in the uh um when i'm doing a lot of daytime outdoorsy activity it's it's quite difficult for me to, right. to stay up that late well but good you're doing stuff my goal next year is to be invited to a party and be at a party for new year that's my goal right. it's been a long time since i've had something like that and that is my goal. Wish me luck. Maybe we'll have a Schnitzel Boys Good day, luck. soiree. Um, so you're definitely not yeah, into... Don't stand, don't stand outside of a bar looking... That's... It's, it's, yeah, that's sad. Quietly. Looking <laughs> right in front of the Scientology Celebrity Center here. Oh, Africa. my God. I'm glad you didn't go in there, at least. That's, those are the vulnerable moments where, where, where um, your life can turn. I was this close to being like, maybe I do need a cult in my life. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, yeah, and um, cool. And, you know, resolutions, like I said, are ridiculous or, like, 
going the new year. It's like all the resolutions are you listing stuff you wish you were better at, but you are who you are. So you're not going to commit to them. <laughs> it's been like a month pretending like you're going to change. Well, and then in February, you're back to being who you're supposed to be. You know, maybe that's that's not an amazing inspirational speech I just said. But <laughs> this is not this is not the place to come clearly for for inspirational New Year's content. <laughs> But one, you know, we have one one person went to bed, one person was sad. <laughs> yeah, and, and we just admitted that there is nothing in the new year that's going to be any better than the last. One. So, but you know, I but you mean, know what's a change? Feel, I do feel generally optimistic. Always beginning of the year, yeah. I do feel like things are going to be good. I don't know. I but I'm I'm just like that. I uh... well, it's an election year. Trump is going to be president in November. How do you feel about that? I don't want to get political here, but I just got uh, to well, it's sort of your you, yeah. I so mean, I'm just I'm not. We don't have to comment on it, but I'm just saying it's a possibility that that could be what this year holds for us. Mm -hmm. Or am I miss? Or am I doing the calculations wrong? Is it November this... is election year, right? November 2024 is a new election. Yeah, I believe you're right. right? Yep. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's gotta be. I think. And oh boy, am I not interested in that? God. When I transfer on my TV and press switch this, switch that, for whatever reason, new cable news is always the default in between of me switching stuff. So for mm -hmm. 30 seconds, of this, even 30 seconds of that yeah. stuff, I'm just like, I don't want to watch any of this. Yeah, I don't think cable, I think, uh, yeah, cable news is pretty, is, is, is not super useful, in my opinion. Yeah, streaming sports is way more useful. In my opinion. Well, I mean, it's more entertaining. For instance... The new year, even though not a lot changes, it's the new year, and we already have one or two things changing in the Bundesliga. Tell us. It's very, very interesting. Well, we have games this weekend, so they're coming. They're coming back. Uh, yeah, the, we, winter, the winter break used to be way longer. Right. I think they're playing a little catch-up, which I'm perfectly fine with. I love the fact that it's starting up again. Mm -hmm. uh, I would argue the break was maybe a little too long back in the day. Because I remember, like everybody was back at it, but the German Bundesliga was still a week or two away, and I'm like, how much do they? How much time do they need? Yeah, they would take a month off, and part yeah. of that I think was because of weather. Like they didn't have, you know, back then it wasn't. Now, now most places, most stadiums have heated heated turf, so they can melt any snow that may accumulate. But back then, it was still there was a lot of snowing, and so a lot of games would be would be. Uh, couldn't be played so that's i think that's why but these days technology is there plus it's getting warmer everywhere so the break is shorter yeah which i'm barely fine with the games this weekend i'm le i'm reading online where it's like gerasi is still at stuttgart and i was like wait a minute are we at a point where, where players can't even finish the season anymore <laughs> see was linked in the winter <laughs> transfer market to leave stuttgart it's like gave it all until the end of the season Come I feel like players for you. The gen the January window is is usually all bark and no bite, though, right? Like, I mean, it's like there, there's always a lot of uh, you know because people just love transfer rumors, I guess. So there's always right. a lot of anticipation to the after Christmas, like, oh, now it's silly season. But usually, the big moves do not happen in January. I think the agents all the all the speculation. The agents have a relationship with the press. And they use it as part of their negotiating tactics. I guarantee you, planting a story about Gerasi maybe leaving in wintertime 
just the agent being like, don't worry, we're setting up for a huge contract re-sign in the summer or something. So we'll see. But one, I would say the biggest piece of transfer news in the winter market was Jaden Sancho is making his way back. Coming back to Dortmund. To Borussia Dortmund. What does that mean for Sancho? What does that mean for Dortmund? What does that mean for Man United? What does that mean for Gio Reyna? Uh, we got some movement. Uh, you know, Borussia Dortmund have loaned back players in the past. Nuri Sahin came back. Shinji Kagawa came back. And the second time around is never as fruitful as the first time around. That seems to be generally the thing, right? You can't go home again. And Jaden Sancho's coming in pretty cold, you know. He <laughs> hasn't really sure. been playing for a while. Uh, his time at Manchester United mm -hmm. was very mixed, you know. It, it, it never lit up the way it was supposed to. Um, well, and then got sort of well. It depends on who you ask. He would. He was. Uh, he thinks he was made a scapegoat by the coach. Uh, a disciplinary example. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess we'll see what what how his. This is a big. I mean, I think this matters. This is bigger for him than it is for Dortmund necessarily. I don't think. I mean, Dortmund is pretty well positioned at those at that spot i would say um but he definitely needs some playing time and he needs to get his career back on track because he's uh it's it's off the rails for giorena this means he's gonna play even less right yeah 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 and uh i i would have no problem with giorena seeking a new club in this window i would have no problem with him going to Gladbach or something or wherever he needs to go la liga Italy, maybe Serie A. He needs to find somewhere to go where he can play. I would have no problem for him leaving now. But it's unlikely. Unlikely that that'll happen. Just because yeah. there's just never that many moves. and Because the timing, the window is too short. Uh, uh, because you oftentimes, you know, especially for these kinds of clubs, these these transfers are chain reactions. You you hmm. you move somebody out, then you need to find a replacement. You, need, you know, like it, it's, it's usually not just one player moving it sets off like this 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 chain of people and the the window is just too short for that so oftentimes uh uh there's a lot that gets talked about and not that much happens <laughs> yeah so that's the jay and sanchez belusi dolman belusi dolman gets the brunt of my focus i think because uh, and they're finishing fifth uh they just added a couple of new sort of coaches because there were stories about the oh, players yeah. approaching Sven, Sven Bender and who's the other one? Uh, uh, also, another Dortmund legend, uh, Mar Marcel Schmelzer. So what really? No, hold on, hold, hold, on. On, hold on. No, keep there. talking. So there were rumors a month ago about the players led by I think Marco Royce going to Vatska, being like, "We need a coaching change." Then Vatska backed his coach and said, "No, Terzic is our coach," which is odd. Um, and then what they've done, maybe to alleviate the players or for what, is they have they have fluffed up, they have reinforced Terzic's coaching support squad to add. Yes, Van Bender and, and Nuri Sahin, who you just mentioned. Yeah. Oh, Nuri Sahin yeah. on the coaching staff. Two great players for, for Dortmund back in the day. And um, uh, or is Bender, he, he played for Leverkusen for many years, part of the Bender brothers. Right? Uh, well, there's Lars and Swen, but they both yeah. played for board for Dortmund at some point. For Dortmund. Yeah. Okay. So so there's that. So they added them as uh, this coaching staff. We're like, well, what kind of change is that gonna be? That's A. 
B. Terzic is still in charge. Uh, C, we now have Jane Sancho. And D, the big news is that Vatska, who is just on the tip of everybody's tongue when it comes to German football these days, right? Because he sits on the board at the DFB <laughs> and he's part of the DFB changes and he's the head of Borussia Dortmund. Uh, but he has announced that he will not re-sign his contract. He is stepping down as Dortmund CEO um, mm. In 2025, which is <laughs> two years' time, so he's giving, still getting, giving ample notice. Yeah, he's doing the old Zepp ladder. <laughs> the like, I'll go. I've heard like I'll go, but I'll go in a, in a, in a little in bit. A, it, 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 when I'm good and ready. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> maybe not as maybe not as malicious, but you know. And 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 you know, so I mean, what's going to be a more coveted job? outside of the Bayern executive staff than the head of the Borussia Dortmund executive staff. So is it time for a new, younger, more progressive dude to take that role? And how will that influence Borussia Dortmund? It's something to keep an eye on. Is Zama just going to take over? Maybe, or I've heard the Norm Karsten Klama, which is is his right-hand man, who apparently is a little bit more uh, progressive than Vatska. Vatska is a little older, a little more conservative. It's not hard to be more progressive than Vatska. Right. It's uh, uh, I by by the way, I misspoke. Lars Bender never played for Sven Bender played for Dortmund. Lars Bender never played for Dortmund. He played for Leverkusen for most of his career. Started at uh, uh, 1860 Munich. Ah, the forgotten mention. <laughs> for, the forgotten, yeah. The well, Bender, but I'm yeah, they're uh, the they're they're twins, Lars and Sven. So you can be uh, forgiven for confusing another. And on that, another thing of Franz Beckenbauer I wanted to, sh- to, to offer, that's a little out of our segment here, but Franz Beckenbauer was an 1860 München youth player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then someone slapped him in a game, and he's like, screw this, I'm going to Bayern. And him and his boys went off to Bayern, and they became the greatest German team in <laughs> the 20th century in, in, German, in German soccer. Yeah. And and Bayern München And at the time, club. they were not a big deal. At the time, right. they were, yeah, those, uh, those yeah. So in addition to Franz Beckenbauer's accomplishments, he won six titles and blah blah blah. It's like, yeah, but he did it with creating, like, like his Bayern München team won three Euro Cups in a row, uh, or the, the Cup Winners Cups in a row, or whatever it was called, and six Bundesligas. But they were a new team. It's like Beckenbauer and then Zep, uh, uh, Zep Maya and then Paul Breitner and then Gerd Müller and like his boys. Um, he created and Uli Hoeneß was there too. I think involved in that around that time. He, he was the leader of the generation of the team that turned Bayern München, the club it is today, yeah. and in turn also was key figures on the national team when he won the 74 World Cup. Mm-hmm. I mean, the 74 World Cup's starting lineup was half the Bayern München starting lineup, uh, right? I mean, it could be. True, yeah. Know. I mean, there were some other, you know, Wolfgang Overath, Köln legend, Jürgen Grabowski right. from Frankfurt. But yeah, sure. No, a, lot of, a lot of Gladbach players were involved too with the Gunter Netzer guys and all that kind of stuff. Um, it was... did he start the anyway? Now I want to now I got to look up the from what uh... I understand, he was on the team, but he didn't play, I think, because yeah, he was that's playing what in Spain that's or something. My memory, also, yeah. But um... what I'm saying is a big part of that, the core of that squad, Breitner, Muller, Beckenbauer, Maya, they were the Bayern Munich guys, yeah, yeah, Hernes, uh, yeah, for sure. You're right, that's yeah. definitely true. Schwarzenbeck, 
Mm-hmm. George um, Fashmega also, I think. Yeah, Bertie Heinz Flohr, Heinz, the Heinz, Heinz Flohr that you uh, made fun of me <laughs> I, for mentioning. Was he was on the bench. He was on the bench uh, for the 1974 final. And then he 78. Was, he was in the, the squad. Thank God, thankfully, the Erdogan brothers. Thankfully, the Erdogan brothers. Hans Flohr got his Heinz, Heinz time Flohr to shine. Got, got, yeah, he, 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 was a big, he was a big deal then. And we're in a place now in German football where we kind of need a guy to step up and kind of fix the program, right? Oh, we're sort we'll of in see. that again. Yeah. Sort Maybe of. Maybe it's yeah. time for Philip Lahm to, <laughs> to come. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. We'll, <laughs> we'll see. It's funny because you know, uh, um, in yeah, we were talking about the 1990 World Cup and Franz Beckenbauer, you know, being a big triumph for him and him having that moment on the field, and then afterwards he. He gave an interview. I remember this also after the game that now the reun with the reunified Germany combining the talents of both of both countries would be unbeatable forever. Like it would be <laughs> like just uh, uh, and yeah. uh, it's not quite come to pass. Then, they did okay. The nineties were okay. It's for the nineties. It's so funny with German soccer how the Jupp Deval years were seen as such a disappointment. It's like, yeah, but they were World Cup finalists. Like, a bad German team still made it to the finals back then. And then in the 90s... Well, he, no, Deval didn't make the... Uh, I'm talking 82. Oh, in 82. Yeah, no, you're right. right. You're right, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and he, won the, he still, won, the, won the Euro in 1980. Yeah. Right. Like, seemingly, that was a good period of German soccer, even though... People were, now, like you said, disillusioned. Sure. I mean, in '78, in '78, they were, uh, yeah, they had to, they were tying the one goal away from from uh, making the semis. And then we see in the '90s they can't break the quarterfinals, and that's like very yeah. unheard of for them. And now we can't even break the group stage. Yeah, no, too. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, it's true. It's gotten worse. It's uh, true. Uh, but anywho, back to what we're saying. So Vatska stepping down with Dortmund. Butzka in German soccer, he was credited as saving Dortmund back in the 90s in their financial troubles, which is great. And he commits to financial security first and foremost over title success. And I think that's what he's committed to. And you look at a team like Borussia Dortmund, their bottom line is healthy these days. But well, they've they had the world's these, best players. They have all this transfer, transfer income. Transfer income. And they just can't break top. They're struggling to break top four. I mean, not struggling, but they're a top four club. And it's like, you should be winning titles, right? Shouldn't they be winning titles? Shouldn't they be really going after Bayern mentioned? But, you know, so with 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 a, a new, maybe younger, more progressive CEO in the future, maybe we'll see a shift. I don't know. All I know is that eyes are on Dortmund and stuff's going on in Dortmund. Stuff's going on in Dortmund. All right. Um, do you have anything else to add about you said other stuff? You want I don't to talk about? think so. Germany's been quiet. We have that, uh, uh, yeah, the the Hoffen Bayern and Hoffenheim on Friday. That's the the first game of the new. Um, it's the first ever Bundesliga game in the year twenty twenty four. Yeah, that's it. And then not a lot of real bangers. Everybody is. Uh, I mean, Bochum at home against Bremen on Sunday. That's a big one. And. But everybody else, yeah, there's not a lot of really good, maybe Leipzig versus Frankfurt, but it's a lot of uh, a lot of little little teams against big teams. Augsburg playing Leverkusen, Darmstadt playing Dortmund, Gladbach playing Stuttgart. So, yeah, starting sort of easing into easing into the new year. 
Well, Union Berlin Watch is still on. They're hosting Freiburg. We'll see how Union Berlin is faring with their new coach, relatively new coach. And another big bit of news in the Colin universe is they finally got rid of um, their coach. And they have a new coach going into the new year. I know the writing was on the wall with that. Uh, I always forget his name. The guy with the hat, right? Yeah, right. Uh, Thomas Reis's friend. Oh, my God. Uh, I, I, can't, uh... I don't want to say... Stefan Baumgartner. Stefan Baumgart, that's that it. his name? Okay, that's the guy. I always mix up sometimes. Yeah, no, no. Stefan right. Baumgartner, who is a he was a not fan Baumgart. Favorite. Baumgart. No. Baumgart. Not, not Baumgartner. Baumgart. Stefan Baumgart. He was a club. He was, you know, he Timo was a Schultz. Good, Timo Schulz is the new one. We got a new guy named Timo Schultz taking over. So we'll see if the coaching change is fortuitous for Cullen as well as it is for Sch Union yeah. Berlin. They they were talking to they were talking to Lukas Podolski for the coach. <laughs> Maybe he's the guy. Maybe he's the guy to 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 save to save German. I mean, he's German, a Colin. He's soccer. a Colin super legend. Colin was always. I mean, where he, he could, could succeed. like yeah. Anytime he wants to take over that place, people will go nuts. Um, like Frankie Klopas is the Chicago Fire. <laughs> yeah, Lukas Podolski is the Colin. No, it's true. Yeah. Um, so you said you wanted to save MLS transfer talk till next week, right? Yeah, or, you don't want. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, we talk just you know. I would love to talk Red Bull Seba, but you know, right now, um, Emil Forsberg is going to Red Bull New Jersey, and uh, Timo Werner going to Tottenham Hotspur. That's right. That's right. I did see it's, that, and I'm like, it's the, it's have too, they not been watching the Bundes? <laughs> that's what I said in the group chat. It's like they were like, oh, Timo for for Spurs. What were you? What do you think? I was like, well, they 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 were picking Forsberg over him in Leipzig, and he's going to Red, he's going Red, to MLS, so. Red Bull New York. He's not going to the Prem. So yeah, I don't know about I don't know about that one. That was a bit of a head scratcher. And then they were. Yeah. Eric Dyer, Eric to Dyer Bayern to Bayern, e equally mysterious. Like, what is what's the idea there? Now, he, like I alluded to earlier, this could just be agents and like press and writers working. No, no, but the stuff. Timo Werner thing is is on. That's official. That is not a Eric rumor. Dyer seems to be also pretty tight, right? Eric Dyer is also. I've I've heard that pretty uh, confidently. Wait a minute. Timo Vanna, that's official. Timo Vanna going to talk. I mean, it's it's Fab, Fab Romano says that that's as good as that's as good as official, right? Oh, Tottenham bound Timo Vanna flies back to Leipzig's training camp. Wait a minute. Well, yeah. Well, it's weird. Yeah, I guess he did his physical in Leipzig, and now he's going. Huh? Yeah, we'll see what that does. Timo Vanna is a is a sheep who's lost his flock. No, what's the truth? Timo he, is a, he needs fixing. He needs he needs to find. And maybe back I mean again. maybe Anj Postacoglu he, he is is the right coach for him. He seems like he would be this his kind of player, but uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll find out. I, I mean, remember the French cartoon. I don't know. I've probably mentioned this, but I remember this French cartoon years ago where that was depicting a guy in front of a firing squad. Um, about to be executed, and he said his last wish, uh, I would like Timo Werner to shoot. <laughs> Poor Timo. Well, Timo, if you go to Tottenham, I wish you the best. I mean, if you can't find your footing again at Leipzig, the club where you're from, and in a club where the pressure is probably not that high, 
compared to a Tottenham. And if you can find your form, I mean, I think it's, I think it's the, I think it's this idea. You know, you, 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 you go back to a place where you had success in the past. It doesn't, it doesn't usually work, right? Like, there's not a lot of examples where that works well. Can Jaden Sancho learn something from? Yeah, I mean, that's why, that's why I'm saying we're probably we're not super optimistic about Jaden Sancho and Dortmund. No. Well, that's the fun of. Player transfers. We never know. Will Omer Fernandez rip it up with Colorado Rapids with Georgie Mihailovic and Zach Steffen? Uh, you know, that's really Georgie Mihailovic Mahalo- is interesting. We'll talk about it next week, but that's he's sort of a, another cautionary tale for mid career MLS players who are just so desperate to go to Europe. Miles always, Robinson. I'd love to touch on that a little out. bit. Yeah, yeah what does Robinson. that mean? Is Matt Miazga's done? Or, or is Miles Robinson done? I mean, I mean, <laughs> I, I this I do want to talk about this, but Seba S, it's going to take a whole hour. Let's save this for we're, next we're week. It is all right. Next Sounds week good. we'll get we'll back in the MLS or something because I support the, I support the under hour under one hour podcast in twenty twenty four. Once Beckenbauer deserved a, some time, and 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 in 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 regards to that, Germany reserved its time. Was new. So this is the Germany hour. We are the Shinsa boys after all. We will talk MLS when it gets sooner to MLS time, which is going to be rapidly approaching. Yeah, preseason is starting a couple weeks. Yeah. All right. Matt, Matt, uh, Matt Doyle is already writing writing roster analysis on the website. I'm like, wow, that's uh, yeah. that guy. That guy the needs more time off. For the New York Red Bulls, despite the one big signing, they're just getting rid of a lot of players. Like the rumors are, Lucinius is going to Brazil. I support those rumors. So, right now the moves seem positive. Troy Lassane got a job at DC United. Uh, why did it have to be DC United, Bjorn? Why have to be? Could have been anywhere else. Dean Smith right. at Charlotte FC. There's stuff to talk about. We'll talk we'll about. Save it. it for next time. Cause it's Bye.